Hello. Hello. Is this Addie Shore? Yes, it is. How are you doing, Jay? This is Jay Michaels. If I'm on the line, you're on the air for the Passion Pit Podcast. Yay. Oh, it's fun. It's recorded, so don't worry. Um, how are you? Uh, uh, Shana Madel, welcome to America. Shalom. <laughs> Thank you. Shalom, shalom. Congratulations! I'm thrilled you got uh, you. You have a contract with uh, with AAA, and I don't mean the place that handles my car, uh, the Alliance of Alien Artists. Yes, I do, and I'm so so thrilled. It's been a wonderful wonderful experience to work with them, and um, I'm good friends with Maya, the founder, and it was just such a lovely experience to meet this. Um, organization. They're really, really, they have a beautiful cause, so it's really great to work with them. They really are amazing, and they're so ambitious, and they're so heartfelt. It's it's really a pleasure to speak to Maya and all her people. Uh, uh, now, your rise is absolutely meteoric. You're, you're not here that long a time, really. And and you have done several productions. You 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 graduated from AMDA. You're you're like you're like it right now. Uh, uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us tell our listeners about you. All right. So basically, um, I've been here now for three years. I moved here from Tel Aviv, Israel, three <laughs> years ago. And yes, and I um, started going to uh, AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, which was a school I dreamt to go to since I can remember myself. Um, and after I graduated in February 2018, I started working in the industry. I got to do musicals, uh, plays, cabarets, student films, commercials, and whatnot. I've actually worked in, on many, many projects, which was a lovely, lovely experience. See, see, that's what I mean. It was like 2018, and then I looked at your bio, and I was like, what? It, it looks like, like you, you graduated, and you just never sat down. <laughs> Well, it's kind of, I think it's the fuel that international uh, actors have when they come to the U.S. It's basically, uh, uh, you get this year uh, after you're graduating from school and you need to get as many credits as you can and you need to get into the industry as much as you can. And for me, it was easy because I I love what I'm doing. And so I didn't feel like I needed a break from it or anything like that. I just wanted to go from one project to the other project and just continue pursuing my dreams. It's not even about um, getting as many credits as possible. It's just getting the experience and getting to work with as many people that I can and, and uh, getting to know people from the industry that I think it's a wonderful experience to work with. So it was mainly about that. Um, and I do think that once you're on top of your game and you go from one project to the other, that's the way to go. It's more difficult to take breaks. And obviously, in this profession, you can't guarantee work all the time. Um, but I was I was definitely blessed with wonderful opportunities. Yeah. Um, what's it like now, now? Now, you performed in Israel also, yes? Yes, I have. Okay, so what's it like? There you are, uh, an actress in, in the Holy Land, and, and you board a plane, and you, and you come to the hard-bitten Big Apple, and and now you're performing. What's what's it like being a New York actor from the point of view of someone who wasn't born here? What's what's it mean to be a New York actor? Uh, it's surreal. You know, there's the song New York, New York, and there's a quote: "If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere." Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's the the general feeling of it. I remember the first time that I got here. Um, in June 2016, and I was just overwhelmed. I couldn't even, I couldn't even fathom the fact that I'm actually doing this. 
and to be, you know, when you're at school, it's some sort of a bubble. So I made a dream come true by going to this school to begin with, but it is a bubble and I don't see a lot of the city that way and you're not performing outside of um, school time. And when I finally left school and I started being on stages that I've heard of since I was 12, it was just surreal. It was it was just unbelievable. I got to perform in Theater Row off-Broadway um, at the New York New Works Festival with a musical called Angels at Work. And that was my first time uh, doing an off-Broadway show, which was amazing to be able to say that I was on a very known off-Broadway stage and that I performed in front of producers and directors uh, from the industry, from Broadway. Um, and after that, I got to perform on so many great stages like the Crane Theater, like the Green Room 40, 42. Um, and uh, it's just, it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> I the Crane is historic. It. The Crane is on the same block as, uh, as the New York Theater Workshop and La Mama. So you were right there in, in off-Broadway history. Yes. Yes, I was. It was beyond, <laughs> an experience beyond words, honestly. When I try to explain to my family and friends, I... I get really emotional because I've had this dream of pursuing musical theater and the theater in general in New York City since I was 14. Uh, before that, I knew that I wanted to work at the profession, but I didn't know exactly where and when I'm going to do it. And since the age of 14, I knew that that's what I wanted to do with myself. So to be able to say that I made that into my own life, that it's actually what's happening to me these days is quite um, moving for me. Now, um, now you, you mentioned about Theater Row and, and uh, now things that you've studied in Israel and people that you've, you've read up on in Israel. Uh, you've had the chance to meet them and work with them here, yes? Uh, people that I worked with in Israel? If I, no, no, but I, I mean like people that you've studied, when you were studying in Israel, there were names and things of people in New York. And, and theaters and shows and things like that in New York. Uh, uh, and now you met them firsthand. What's that like? What's it oh, like to say, wait yeah. a minute, I read about you in, in Broadway world and here I am talking to you. What's that like? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, I, I'll give you an example for a, an amazing story that I had. So I've been a huge fan of Carter and Gregor since I was, yeah, 13, 14 years old. I've watched videos of songs of theirs. They're this great uh, duo of a composer and a lyricist, and they've written many, many uh, known songs, uh, stand on, stand out um, musical theater songs or musical materials. And people like Jeremy Jordan and Natalie Weiss and lots and lots of celebrities sang their songs. So I grew up watching videos of their material. And when I was about to graduate from EMDA, uh, I had my musical showcase. And I decided, why not? I'm going to try and invite Carter and Gregor. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. I, yeah, I, I don't know what made me uh, make that decision. But I sent them an email um, and asked them if they would want to maybe come and see a huge fan of theirs. They couldn't make it, but they did answer me. and talk to me about it and then I had a workshop with them later on and we sort of developed this um, professional relationship. I started um, workshopping with them, performing in these competitions that they hosted 
um, performing their material on um, on the spot, which is an off-Broadway um, cabaret that uh, happens every Monday in Broadway Comedy Club. And I just got, like, I, they became people that I know, <laughs> you know, oh, people great. that I can talk to and ask for their advice. Derek Gregor took me under his wing and even introduced me to Zelda Sahin that he works with and writes music uh, from... Um, what what do they not write? They write pop music, they write country music, they write musical theater, they do everything. And I got to know her through him as well and to work with her too. And the possibility of working with people that if you would have told 14-year-old me I'm going to meet them and know them well and they will know me by my name and see me performing their songs, I would tell you that there's no way. Uh, but it's too it's too wild to even imagine. And there you go. And for me, it's just, you know, you need to believe that things like that can happen. Are you a positive thinker? Need to believe. Are you a positive thinker? Are you one of those people that I, says, I want this, I'm going to do this, I'm going there, and, and that's it? I think it's one of those things that's very important for this career. I don't necessarily think that I'm always a um, positive thinker. I think that there are definitely ways of um, bringing me down, and there are definitely times that I'm struggling more because uh, this profession isn't easy. Right. But I think if you don't tell yourself that you're going to do the best you can and you're going to keep being optimistic and push through and believe in yourself, nobody's going to do that for you. In this profession, you have to be your own biggest fan, which is very difficult for actors because we're all insecure. Yep. <laughs> but but you have to find it in you to believe in yourself because you're your own product. And if you don't do that for you, yourself, no one is going to do that for you. So I'm trying to keep them, to keep being positive and optimistic and believe in myself that I can push through. And so far, it really, it brought results. So I'm learning from that. You are, you are wise beyond your years. Um, okay, so as, as, as positive as you try to be, you came into New York, which is spelled H-E-L-L. Uh, uh, any horror stories, anything you came here and said, oh, my God, I didn't realize that, and, and suddenly you're in the middle of some, some situation. Any New York horror story from when you got here? <laughs> well, this, you know what I always say? I literally talked about it the other day um, with this guy. We, we talked about how uh, the relationship with New York City is a love and hate relationship. Mm -hmm. Like. You you can't see yourself living any other place, but you can't stop complaining about living here. <laughs> um, I've I've had my share of weird experiences. I mean, the people here can surprise you. Um, I've, <laughs> I've gone I've gone on subway rides with you know there there's a reason why there's a page on Instagram called Subway Creatures. <laughs> there you go. You, yeah, there's a, a page called Subway Creatures because there are so many people that you encounter on the subway that are just uh, wild creatures. <laughs> I've I've had experiences where, um, yeah, people. I've seen I've seen someone naked on the subway that was <laughs> like fully naked um, at 2 a.m. on the I think it was the one train. Um, I've seen, yeah, multiple people, uh, well, just the other day, I was going with a friend of mine, we were sitting um, in Union Square, and it was late at night, not too late, it was like 11.30 uh, p.m., and then this guy <laughs> walked right in, <laughs> to us, and he tells me and my friend, he looks at us both, and he tells us, you two just look adorable, and we look at him, and we're like, okay, 
And then he continues the conversation and he doesn't know where to look. He keeps looking at me and then at her and then he gives me a compliment and then he gives her a compliment. Eventually he realized that we're not going to develop a conversation with him. So he left, but he left us wondering, was he trying to hit on us both? Was he trying to aim everywhere and see what happened? Did he think that it's a good idea to come to two girls um, close to midnight in Union Square and start a conversation? I really don't know, but that was like, that wasn't even something that I can say was a weird experience in New York City because I, th this doesn't count as one of the weirdest that I've gone through. And that was just this week. Oh, uh, oh, it gets worse, young Jedi. It gets worse. It gets really worse. And But the thing is, I will tell you that I have had my share of experiences before living in, um, like living city life, because as much as Tel Aviv is way smaller than New York City, there are lots of um, similarities in the way it feels, except for the beach life, which is definitely missing. <laughs> but besides mm. that, Tel Aviv feels to me like small New York City. So I've never been, I feel like my friends that come from suburban towns are way more shocked and overwhelmed by what's happening in New York City than I am coming from Tel Aviv. Now let's, 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 one big serious question here. Uh, the Middle East, obviously, uh, your, your biggest worry in the Middle East is not necessarily someone naked on the subway. Uh, we read in the newspapers of so many things that go on in the Middle East. Uh, I spoke once to a reporter who, uh, who's stationed in the Middle East, and, and this is going back now, now nearly 20 years, and someone, someone in our discussion had asked him, he said, well, what, what would you call 9-11? in israel and he just said oh tuesday and so we oh, get we we got a very serious feeling like like it's it's dangerous there do you have you encountered difficulties there and and whether you had or not obviously it's in the air has it made it easier to come to new york you're like okay well the bombs are not falling so i guess today's a good day has it made you more of a new yorker if you will no uh here's the thing and that's something that needs to be clarified it's not it's true that technically, yes, technically Israel is always under some sort of danger. We're surrounded by countries that um, are not our biggest fans. And the situation um, with Palestine isn't easy. And there are lots of, lots of threats all around. It's true. And I think that a part of living in Israel is, sadly enough, also like getting used to living that way. But mm -hmm. it's, not that, it's not that I can like... I live in Tel Aviv, so first I'd like to say that Tel Aviv is kind of like a bubble. It's very different from the rest of Israel, just like New York City is very different from the rest of the U.S. Right. And um, and so I feel like in Tel Aviv it's felt way less than, for example, in south of Israel, um, where people uh, frequently go to their shelters to hide from warnings of bombs and whatnot. But a we have the Iron Dome that protects us from many um, bombings. And B, it's not like there there are stories, obviously, but it's not like living in Israel is <laughs> is dangerous. For example, we just hosted the Eurovision, the um, um, the European competition with songs from all over, and we won last year, and that's why we uh, hosted it this year. And we invited people from all over to come to our country and people came and it was completely fine and they saw that there was no danger. It's true that it can be dangerous, but it can also be dangerous crossing the street. Oh, yeah. not, not that I'm comparing in any way. I'm just saying that it's not, 
it's not like I moved here and I was like breathing this breath of fresh air feeling like now I'm safe and in Israel I wasn't. I always felt safe in Israel regardless. Um, and I think that a part of living there and growing up this way is you learn to live safe and to, to feel like you're safe regardless because that's just how you were born into this complicated, complicated situation. That was um, exactly what I was getting at. I, I didn't necessarily mean you were, you were free in, in New York because, oh, my God, uh, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, in the sense that, that because you have, and again, and we're going to your positive thinking, because you – you again have this this sense of freedom, this sense of your own self that that New York was not was not scary to you because we have our own stereotype. Everybody thinks, oh, New Yorkers are all mean and stuff like that. So so you had your own you had your own strength when you came here. Look, I think um, first and foremost, I'd like to say, in addition to uh, what we discussed a second ago, that I to me, if something goes on in Israel and I'm away, that's even scarier. When I was in Israel ah. and I was with my family, I took things more in proportion. But to be away from um, from home and you hear something is going on, you get really, really nervous because you can't really fathom how big that is. And sometimes the media goes wild about things and sometimes the media doesn't say anything at all. And then you can't really tell what's going on. So, And there is a time difference. So it's not as easy as being around my family and friends and knowing everyone is safe. Um, but it is true. I can say for a fact, it's not only in the sense of safety, just in the sense of being an Israeli, I think that I'm <laughs> in ways tougher than other yeah. people that I know. I just, I've noticed that, um, in many aspects, you know, even just by the idea that everyone in Israel has to go to, um, to the army when they're 18 years old. Um, it's not that I was a battler in any way. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's ah. doing an, an office job. Huh. two years but um but stopping your life at the age of 18 and giving um oh, there's a really annoying car here <laughs> <laughs> um stopping your life at the age of 18 and giving something from yourself to um to the society to your country it's something that most people don't get to experience in the U.S. obviously there are people and there are like different um, situations of people making those decisions and trying to give something for a better cause. But a lot of people at the age of 18, just as they should, go and study something um, in college or what university and whatnot. And in Israel, it's a different kind of route that you take, a different kind of path. And that teaches you a lot about uh, responsibility, about maturity, about um independence and those are qualities that I really needed when I moved here because at the end of the day um, for me to move to a completely different continent that's in the other side of the world at the age of 22 it was a big step and I don't think I was able to do to to do that step to take that step without um, going through what I've gone through during my military service and the way it shaped me so it has it has made you a, a much more responsible much more powerful uh, uh, individual for having done something like that. I believe so. I, that's how I feel, at least. I feel like, in general, living in Israel makes you a certain type of person. Obviously, we're all different, but it gives you some qualities that um, that make us unique. And I've seen that in many people that I've met here, specifically people that choose to uh, to do a relocation for a certain kind of purpose. Uh, you see the dedication and you see the 
the the hardworking and the responsibility for girls, and I really appreciate that. I don't think it's necessarily just because I'm from Israel. I mean, at Amda, there was always a joke that the international students were the best hardworking students, not necessarily because they were better from the Americans in any way in talent or anything like that, but because we've already sacrificed so much to get here, and for us, it's not just regular experience of going to university after school. It's something that we probably <laughs> spent a lot of money on and came from the different side of the world and left our families and friends behind. Mm. And I think that's something that if you already make that step, you might as well make it count. And that is the difference, I feel. It's, it's, given, you, it's given you a great deal of courage, and that's obvious in, in how fast your career is moving here in New York. Uh, microscopically speaking, every once in a while I tell people that my I grew up in the Bronx, having worked in the South Bronx in the 70s and 80s, and suddenly they all nod and going, oh, of course, then you understand. So so that stereotype has, has, has followed me. I can only imagine when you tell people that you were in, that you were in the service in Israel and all of that. I can, I can imagine them looking at you and going, okay, she can handle it. Speaking of handling, what's the next thing? What's the next project? Oh, wow. I have a few coming up, which I'm really excited for. So um, later this year, in the next couple of months, I'm going to be hosting um, International Talent Night. Basically, a production company that I work with is called um, The World Voice Ensemble. And they are doing a monthly cabaret that's called International Talent Night. And it's uh, people from all over the world, from Japan, the Philippines, Canada, um, Australia, wherever you can think of. People come and perform songs, um, musical theater songs, sometimes pop songs, sometimes they show other talents like dancing or reading uh, poetry or things like that. It's really great. And the next two that we have are actually themed. Um, one of them is going to be called uh, New York on My Mind, and it's going to be about stories and songs related to New York City, which is going to be a blast after what we just discussed. Oh, my gosh, yeah. All right. And the second one is going to be called Back to Roots, which is going to be an evening with Broadway tunes, but in um, the original languages of the performers. So that's going to be really great. Oh, Mar you know, Maya had mentioned something when I spoke to her. She had mentioned something about about singing and performing in uh, in in people's native tongues. So that Honestly, maybe this is the same that's, thing. That's Maya's thing for sure. That's in the Alliance are doing a production of Broadway Around the World, um, and that was the whole idea of the production to sing in um, original languages and in English. I think that it was just a coincidence because it wasn't my idea when I got to do the other cabaret, and they just thought about it. Um, but they are not combining both. They're not doing English and original languages, besides people that are obviously from uh, English-speaking countries like Australia. Mm -hmm. But um, but they are um, they they thought about the idea, and I got excited because to me to be able to sing in Hebrew on any stage in New York City, I think it's really cool. And what is even cooler is that not only I'm going to sing in those events, I'm also going to host them, which is really great. They oh, figure that very nice, I'm, nice exposure there. Yeah, if I'm if I'm talkative, then I might as well <laughs> do that too. And uh, they're also working. I've done with them my first musical in the city, Angels at Work, and we are working on uh, performing that one again um, next year, which is going to be great. 
And last but not least, later this year, at the end of this year, uh, planned for December 2019, I'm supposed to perform a play called Heaven Sent, which has a really fun story to it because an adaption of this play called OMG was performed uh, in Broadway Comedy Club with Beverly Bonner as actor and director. And I took part in that show as a the main lead of Catherine, an angel in training, trying to save this guy from ruining his life as her skin, um, to become an angel. And what happened was I performed that adaption and I met Beverly, um, sorry, I met Bambi Everson, who wrote the original play. And she saw me and we got into this professional connection. We talked a lot about future projects and we always said that we would like to work with each other. And now she's planning to uh, produce her play, her original play, Heaven Sent, and she wanted me to play the original role that I played for OMG, which is Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be really, really exciting for me because I get to work with the playwright herself. So I'm really excited for that one. So you're booked all the way through 2020. <laughs> Seems like Not it. Not yeah. too bad. Not too shabby. <laughs> I'm sure there are people born and bred in, in New York who, who are jealous of hearing that, but they don't have your gumption, they don't have your, your ambition, they don't have your insurmountable energy. Adi, it, is, it was a pleasure speaking to you. I wish you all the best. Please keep me posted on all that you're doing. Would love to tell the world all about you. I will tell our listeners exactly how to follow you on, on all sorts of media so they can hear about your meteoric rise and how you could be an inspiration to so many. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for calling. My Mm -hmm. pleasure. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.